This is the Get Global Young Professionals Talk Global Health podcast, envisioned and created by the Irish Global Health Network and their student outreach team. I am your host, Megan Davis, communications and events intern at the Irish Global Health Network and second year medical student at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. In this series, join me and my student outreach team co-host Aidan Desjardins, a microbiology student at Trinity College, as we talk to inspiring young professionals leading the charge in their respective fields, often operating in sidelines to their career, following their passions above all. In today's episode, we spoke with Kieran Mooney, a recent medical school graduate who is passionate about global health. Here is a segment from the broadcast. So we're really trying to explore the idea of, well, how do we make electives more ethical? And you know, how do we make sure that these key things of things like reciprocity, equity and social justice really become the key and ultimate aims of medical electives? Um, and part of how we get there, I think, is by helping students understand the context of people suffering and helping dismiss the sort of really oversimplistic idea that people are just poor and sick um, and trying to understand sort of the social, political, economic problems that have actually caused and perpetuates community sickness and illness and suffering. I am very happy to welcome Kieran Mooney today, who has just completed his medical degree at Queen's University Belfast and is an incoming academic foundation doctor based in Northern Ireland. Congratulations. You completed a master's in global health at Maastricht University in the Netherlands, where you spent time in Thailand and India. You previously worked as a research intern at the Institute of Global Surgery at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, where you analyze training programs for pediatric surgeons in sub-Saharan Africa. You are currently a scholar at the Healthcare Leadership Academy and are passionate about encouraging medical students and clinicians to consider how they can use their skills to tackle social injustice and global health issues. We are so glad to have you here with us today in our virtual space. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, I'm really delighted to be here with you. I feel really privileged um, to be part of this great initiative. Well done. Thank you. I was just going to start with, uh, how did you become interested and involved with global health? Yeah, so um, I'd be lying if I said I'd always sort of had a burning passion um, for global health. Um, I kind of just stumbled on it sort of accidentally. Um, I suppose probably during second or third year of medical school. Um, a friend of mine told me about this really cool master's that you could do in global health, and I thought it kind of sounded cool. Um, so I started doing some reading around the subject, and I went to a few talks um, that MSF at Queen's had been, had been holding, and then someone recommended a book to me, um, which was Mountains Beyond Mountains by Tracy Kidder. Um, so it's the biography of Paul Farmer, who I'm sure most of the listeners um, know was one of the founders of the NGO Partners in Health. I suppose that was a bit of a turning point for me. Um, and I suppose since then, I've become a little bit of a super fan of Paul Farmer and the work that Partners in Health have, have done in, in Haiti and, and now further afield in places like Russia, Rwanda, Sierra Leone. Uh, so they're a really fantastic organisation. Those sort of key tenets of social justice and building local capacity um, are what sort of continue to inspire me about global health. Um, so yes, that definitely sort of led me to read further and develop my interests. And then I did my master's at Maastricht University in the Netherlands. And that sort of completely shaped the direction that I see my life and career and work going in. Great. Um, along with Paul Farmer, are there any other leaders in the field that kind of inspired you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many. Um, 
Paul Farmer's obviously my idol. Um, spoken a bit about his work in Partners in Health, and I think his books, especially for anyone who's who wants to sort of get a sort of a, an intro to global health, are a great place to start. Um, Agnes Minigawa is, is also a massive global health icon of mine, and she's a paediatrician by trade, but she was um, the health minister in Rwanda for a while, and she's now the vice chancellor of the University of Global Health Equity in Kigali. Um, and she's just the most amazing example of a really iconic female African leader. Um, she's been absolutely instrumental in Rwanda's HIV control efforts um, and also in restructuring their health service uh, following the genocide in Rwanda. Um, I could just listen to her talk all day. She's absolutely amazing. Um, so you should definitely check out some of her videos if you can. Um, coming from medicine, how did you find doing a master's in global health? Would you recommend it to other students? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly the best year ever and I wish I could relive it every year. Um, I think in my mind anyway, medicine, medical school and medicine as a course is really, really good at teaching you how to be a clinician. And that's great and also really important and what everyone wants from the doctors to be competent and knowledgeable and safe, right? Um, but the masters are a really unique time to sort of step out of that. Um, and step back from that sort of symptoms, investigations, management sort of mindset um, and sort of step back and think laterally and think, um, oh, wait a minute, that's why these people are sick. Um, and it kind of all just clicked. Um, so suddenly it became much less about, for example, a child getting, I don't know, asthma um, and more about the fact that, well, asthma is primarily an immune driven response to environmental triggers. Uh, so people who live in inner city areas are much more exposed to environmental triggers. Those living with fresh air, clean air are much less so. Um, and I know that you guys had started talking on um, about environmental health last episode, which is great. And of course, then those people living in cities might live in a cramped condition or cramped housing, exposed to more infections. And then maybe their those children's parents uh, can't afford um they might not have secure incomes or jobs might not be able to afford inhalers or treatment so it becomes this huge big cycle of adverse determinants of health and really poor health outcomes so it's not really as simple as oh this person's sick here's medicine go home and you're cured um which is exactly what i thought of medicine before doing the master in global health and i also think one of the best bit about the masters um was the sheer diversity of the people that you you meet and you work with and suddenly you're not you know, in a class with all people your own age who did the classic school, uni, doctor work sort of thing. I remember in the first day sort of sitting there in a tutorial group on one side, there was a nurse who had worked in the field of MSF for like 20 years. And then there's people with sort of really diverse backgrounds in biomedical science, social science, research, diplomacy, you know, you name it, they were there. Um, and that sort of thing brings a really rich diversity to the way you learn and really influences your thinking. So I did the first half of the course in the Netherlands and then the second half was based in Bangkok at Thameslet University. And again, the diversity of studying with lots of students from Southeast Asian countries, like Myanmar, Nepal, um, was really unique and interesting. And then finally, after finishing the sort of theory side of it, um, I did my thesis placement back home in Ireland um, with the guys at the Institute for Global Surgery at the Royal College of Surgeons. And this is the really useful part, I think, for anyone who's considering doing a master's. It's taking all that knowledge that you've gained over the past year and putting it into a really worthwhile project. So, I mean, our particular study used data from electronic logbooks and we analysed the training programme for paediatric surgical trainees in sub-Saharan Africa. And that was a really, really fantastic experience, especially getting to work with sort of really esteemed surgeons like Prof Eric Borgstein and, and Milo Dubru in Malawi and Ethiopia. 
and you then seeing that work go on to inform policy and training standards is really amazing. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't recommend doing a master's enough if, if you have the opportunity to do it. Um, so how did you decide what to focus on for your master's? Yeah, you mean for the, the thesis itself? Yeah, so at the time, somehow I thought that I wanted to be a surgeon. I don't know where that came from, and, and it, it's disappeared since. Um, but I kind of had this idea that I wanted to do global surgery. And I really just reached out, and I suppose that's always my message to people who want to, to get involved in global health, is to reach out to people. And there's always someone really keen to sort of speak to you and come up with ideas of projects that you can do. And that's just what the guys at the, the, the Royal College of Surgeons um, were really keen for me to get involved. And I found this really niche project that I really, really enjoyed and, and took as mine and, and ran with and got to work with these really cool guys on. Um, are you uh, participating in any exciting projects right now? Yeah, so since I've been back um, and I've been finishing off medicine, I've, I got really involved with the Irish Global Health Network, which is great and everyone should sign up to. Um, and I work lots of the team to try and expand our work um, at Queen's, which is obviously still the only, well, not now, but at the minute is, but not soon not to be the only medical school in, in the north of Ireland. Um, so we've been working lots on trying to expand the sort of impact of, of the network and, and the work that we do in the north. Um, and then we held a huge big um, conference last September, which I think you guys were both at. Oh, I, I certainly worked um, with, with some of you and Eden. I, I definitely remember you doing the, the key correspondence work. Um, so we held that in September. Um, so helping organize that and then getting to moderate a session on that was pretty amazing. And we have some incredible speakers, I'm sure you can remember. And it's all on YouTube for anyone listening who wants to go and um, re-watch some of the sessions. It was just the most amazing two days. I was absolutely exhausted by the end of it, but it was incredible. And yeah, as you said, sort of, I've also been a scholar at the Healthcare Leadership Academy this year. Again, a really awesome organisation and people should definitely look into it. If leadership is something they're interested in and sort of combining clinical stuff with leadership um, roles, and as part of my project for that, we're designing an online pre-departure training program for medical students who are planning an overseas elective. So yeah, I suppose electives are obviously super, super fun, a real highlight of medical school um, for a lot of people. I didn't get to go online because of COVID and I'm not sorry about that at all. Um, and obviously, you know, there's lots of benefits to them. Um, but I think it's also important that we realize the less beneficial sides of them at times. Um, and there's been some research recently on the ethical issues which electives compose, um, especially when they're carried out in low resource settings. You know, what are students actually doing when they go out to these countries and what are they working within the limits of their knowledge? Um, are they overshadowing the needs of local students? You know, all these sort of ethical questions that we really should be considering and we're not good at considering. So we're really trying to explore the idea of, well, how do we make electives more ethical? And, you know, how do we make sure that these key things of things like reciprocity, equity and social justice really become the key and ultimate aims of medical electives. Um, and part of how we get there, I think, is by helping students understand the context of people suffering and helping dismiss the sort of really oversimplistic idea that people are just poor and sick um, and trying to understand sort of the social, political, economic problems that have actually caused and perpetuate community sickness and illness and suffering. Um, so we have that project running at the moment and we're really looking forward to having it ready hopefully for the next academic year and that's certainly something that we'll be working a lot on. And then I'm also working with a really cool group of young global health researchers who I actually got sort of in touch with through um, the Healthy People and Healthy Planet conference and the 
Irish Global Health Network, and we're doing a, a few really cool projects as well. So, yeah, there's lots to be getting on with. So, where could students or other people learn more about the Health Leadership Program? Yeah, so uh, directly from their website. I, I think applications have actually just closed for the next cohort, um, but it's certainly something to sort of follow on Twitter and, and speak to people who've done it before. Um, and get some ideas of you know what the program actually entails and um, how to go about applying for it and considering um, applying for it over the next year. How do you see the ethical aspect of medical education shifting in the future with this work? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the ultimate aim of this is to sort of start a dialogue. And I think naively, as we all tend to do with the project is we start out and we think we're going to change the world with it. Um, but that and uh, that's something that Healthcare Leadership Academy has been really good at doing is sort of shifting your perspective to understand, well, I mean, you have the greatest intentions, but you're not going to change the world in a year um, and sort of starting small. So I guess, yeah, it's about starting that dialogue. It's about starting to see how, how we shift things. And obviously anyone who's um, interested in global health and follows um, global health developments will be really increasingly aware of um, the calls to sort of decolonize global health. And I suppose I sort of see that this project um, and projects like it is sort of a small step on 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 the road to 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 doing that and um, to decolonizing global health and creating equitable health systems that have lots of local capacity and are locally driven and locally led. Um, I suppose this is just a, a really small, some might say insignificant step along, but I think an important one. Great, thank you. Um, so, what sort of advice would you give to medical students who want to get involved in global health? Yeah, I mean, as I said, reach out. Um, there are so many people who are keen to have you involved, whether that's in, I mean, whatever your 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 interests are in, whether that's, I don't know, research, advocacy, field work, um, whatever. Um, I think it's really important to reach out to people. So just send them an email, send them a, a Twitter message or a LinkedIn message, and people are more than keen to, to reply. Um, join a society. Um, I'm obviously going to big up the Irish Global Health Network, um, but it really has opened so many doors for me. It's been amazing. Um, also check out things like Students for Global Health, which um, is more of a UK-based organisation, but does some really great work. And then also, I think, important for um, medics in particular, if you're interested in a particular specialty, um, a particular clinical specialty, lots of the Royal Colleges have global health interest groups. So, for example, I'm doing some work at the minute with the International Child Health Group at the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health bit of a mouthful but um, there's also lots of interest groups um, I know the Royal College of GPs the surgeons and obs and gynae societies um, all have them so I think if, if you if you really love your clinical work and you don't want to abandon that and you feel like that's where you see yourself going but also have this sort of side interest of global health work then that's a perfect avenue for you to go down and then I mean we talked about the integration and, and doing a master's or a BSc if you if you get the opportunity to and that's something you can you can do um, I think it adds adds a lot to your experience and a lot to um, a lot of theoretical backgrounds to to your interests, and just read and like speak to people who who are interested in things like you and, and get involved in stuff. Um, where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years in incorporating global health? Yeah, I mean, probably very very tired, um, in five years. But yeah. And uh, no, so after my, so in the UK, we do foundation training, which is two years after medical school. Um, so after that, I'm planning, I'm probably taking a year out to sort of explore some global health stuff that I've been putting off because of training. Um, and then after that, I'm probably going to do a PEDS um, training program. 
and then I suppose ultimately probably leaving clinical work for a while to do a PhD in global health but that's obviously you know another few years down the line but yeah I'm really excited to sort of continue incorporating global health work into clinical medicine and that's probably where my passions lie in seeing the sort of synergy between those two things. That is great to hear. Would you be able to give us an idea of how you plan to incorporate global health into your clinical practice? Yeah, I mean, uh, so one of the guys um, who's really involved in the Irish Global Health Network and, and as a professor of global health at Queen's, Dermot O'Donovan, always has this sort of strap line like global is local and local is global. Um, so I don't think even if I'm working in the UK or I, I don't decide to go abroad and work that, that it, it's necessary to abandon global health in a sense. Um, sort of as he says everything that we do sort of in clinical practice locally is contributing to, to global health and um, you know through sort of individual patients that we see or the environmental impact or whatever that is um, so yeah that's one aspect of it and I suppose um, another aspect of it is um, I am pretty interested in, in keeping up the research side of it um, and incorporating that into clinical practice and then also sort of thinking further afield whether um I want to work with some humanitarian organizations or stuff like that. I mean, the beauty of global health and with medicine in general is it's just so open to doing whatever you want to do and finding that niche area that interests you. Um, so, I mean, I obviously don't know where that, that lies for me, but that will come, I suppose, with time. Uh, for future students or incoming students, are there any sort of resources you would recommend in order to you know, learn more about global health or get more involved in sort of the, uh, the work and the organizations you work with? Yeah, I mean, visit, visit the websites. The, the Irish Global Health Network website's great and so much information on there and links to, I mean, even if you don't want to dive in and get directly involved with the society, just listening to the YouTube, um, you know, watching some of the sessions from the the online webinars or, or watching some of the clips of the, the conferences is really amazing. Um, I mean, everything's at your fingertips now. So uh, one of the positives I suppose to come kind of COVID um, is this idea that everything has been online and most of that stuff is then recorded and just put on YouTube. So just go away and like find a niche area that you're interested in and you want to pursue and just watch stuff, watch videos, read books, you know, like it will come you started knowing absolutely nothing and within a year you're super interested and you have your own little area that you want to read more on um so it's really just like putting yourself out there and finding what interests you and finding um that niche area that you want to to pursue uh thank you so much for speaking with us kieran thanks guys to our listeners if you'd like to learn more uh please visit us at the irish global health network uh at www.globalhealth.ie Many thanks for listening and join us again for Get Global, Young Professionals Talk Global Health.